Well, hello and welcome to Faith Life 365. This is episode number 28. Now, if you've missed any of the past episodes, please go back and listen or watch. Get caught up with us. Uh, you can do so by visiting our website at www.faithlife365.org. Uh, on there, we have a Rumble video channel, a YouTube video channel, podcast, uh, blog. I can... Uh, you can catch up however it's uh, most convenient for you to do. Now, in this episode, we are going to start talking about the end times and are we living in the end times. So let's say a prayer and get started. Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to read and study your word. Father, we pray that you would be with us as we do so. Open our eyes that we may see and our ears that we may hear. Father, give us revelation, knowledge, wisdom, and understanding as we, as we read and study your word. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. Now, are we currently living in the end times? Uh, now, this is a topic that seems to make many people, including Christians, a bit uneasy. But why is that? Especially as Christians, uh, shouldn't we be excited about the return of Jesus Christ? Uh, are we not uh, called to constantly be on the watch and to be prepared for the return of the bridegroom for the church? Uh, the rapture. Rapture. Now, there's another topic or word that makes people uneasy. Now, we talked about the word rapture in episode 24, but let's recap it real quick. Now, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18 of the New Living Translation, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Then, together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Then we will be with the Lord forever. So encourage each other with these words. Now, the phrase, will be caught, comes from the Greek word harpazo. Now, Strong's uh, Concordance defines harpazo as to seize, to catch up, or to snatch away. So when the Bible was translated from Greek into Latin, the word harpazo was translated to the Latin word rapturo, which is taken from the root word rapio, which means to seize hastily or to snatch away. So the term rapture in English comes from the Latin translation of the Bible, not the original Greek. So the word rapture, it does have a biblical foundation. It's simply an English translation of the Latin translation of the Greek phrase when the church is caught up in the clouds to meet the Lord. Now, from the time Jesus said over 2,000 years ago that he would return for the church and for the church to watch and to be ever ready for his return, Christians have been anxious, or anxiously waiting. Um, it seems that every generation throughout history tends to see what they perceive to be the signs of the end times. The truth is, every second of every minute of every hour of every day is bringing us closer to the rapture of the church and the beginning of the seven-year tribulation period. So when I ask, are we living in the end times, my question is meant to ask, are we living in the time frame where we can expect Jesus to return for the church or to rapture the church at any day, minute, or second? Or as the kids in the back seat always say, are we there yet? Now, 
approximately 30% of the Bible contains prophecy, and a large portion of these prophecies are concerning the end times. But do any of these prophecies actually tell us or give us a strong indication of the time frame that Jesus will return for the church? There, there's no exact time given. In fact, in Matthew 24 and 36, Jesus said, However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. However, for those of us who have eyes to see and ears to hear, Jesus provides us with signs to look for in the Gospels, and the Apostle Paul gives us further information in the Epistles. This, along with biblical prophecies found in Daniel and Isaiah and Revelation and other books of the Bible, uh, it gives us a very good idea of the time frame for the rapture of the church. Now, I am in no way, shape, or form making a prediction of the day or the hour of the rapture of the church or the second coming of Jesus. I'm just going to present you with prophecies and scriptures taken directly from the Bible along with information that I've gathered through my personal prayer, research, and studies, uh, with information uh, that I've gathered from biblical scholars and ministers in reference to the prophecies and the scriptures in the Bible. And this has all been done throughout my studies. So the first question, does Bible prophecy provide us with any timelines? See, for me, it stands to reason that if any prophecies were given in the Bible that included timelines and it did not happen as prophesied, then how can we believe any other prophecies uh, that are to come? Well, let's start with uh, Daniel uh, chapter 9, verses 20 through 27. This is going to be the King James Version. Now, while I was speaking, praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times, and after the sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself, and the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, until the end of the war desolations are determined, when, or then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering." And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate even until the 
consummation, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. Now, there's a lot to unpack in this scripture. See, the angel Gabriel came to Daniel to explain to him the vision that Daniel had been given. So Gabriel tells Daniel, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, the Hebrew word for weeks is shabua, it's S-H-A-B-U-A. Now, Strong's Concordance defines shabua as a period of seven days or years, a heptad, a week. Now, heptad means a group of sevens. Now, in this scripture, Shabua is referring to weeks of years. So Gabriel told Daniel that a period of 70 weeks of years have been determined. Now, this equates to 70 times 7, and that equals a period of 490 years. Now, again, Gabriel said 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to, to finish the transgression, uh, to make an end of sins to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So the end of the 490 prophesied years brings in the second coming of Jesus to the earth. Now the rapture of the church will occur right before this final seven years of tribulation begins. Now, now I know there are some who will argue that the church will go through the tribulation, and others that argue that, that the church will be raptured in the middle of the seven years. Um, and we'll briefly discuss these different views a little later uh, in this series. But for now, let's look closer at the prophecy of Daniel uh, in chapter 9. So Daniel chapter 9, verses 25 through 26 Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublesome times. Now, Gabriel breaks down the time into seven weeks, which is forty-nine years, and sixty-two weeks, which is four hundred and thirty-four years, for a total of four hundred and eighty-three years. So now remember... He said 490 years have been determined, so this will leave a period of seven years. Now, he said, from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, there shall be seven weeks, or 49 years, and 62 weeks, which is 434 years. So he said, the street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. So did this happen? Now, if we go to Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. And this is Nehemiah speaking, who at the time was the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. Now, in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I had not been sad in his presence, and the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad, when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, What are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven. 
And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, How long will you be gone, and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. And I said to the king, If it pleases the king, let letters be given me to the governors of the providence beyond the river, that they may let me pass through until I come to Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the king's forest, that he may give me timber to make beams for the gates of the fortress of the temple and for the wall of the city and for the house that I shall occupy. And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of my God was upon me. You can go to the book of Nehemiah and and read the entire story of the rebuilding of Jerusalem. But the condensed version is that it did not come easy and it was rebuilt during troublesome times. Nehemiah had to have half the men standing ready for battle and the other half working and rebuilding, just as was prophesied. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, But when Sanballat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the repairing of the walls of Jerusalem was going forward, and that the breaches were beginning to be closed, they were very angry, and they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to cause confusion in it. And we prayed to our God and set a guard as a protection against them day and night. So what about the time frame? Was the time frame accurate? Now, remember, Gabriel said, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. Well, when did the command to restore and rebuild Jerusalem occur? We read in Nehemiah 2.1, In the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, and Artaxerxes, or King Artaxerxes, was the king of Persia, which is uh, in Iran today. Uh, now, he was also called Longimanus in Latin. Um, he is often referred to as King Artaxerxes Longimanus, and he ruled from 40 or 465 uh, B.C. to 425 B.C. So on March the 14th of 445 B.C., King Artaxerxes Longimanus declared that the Jews, under the leadership of Nehemiah, could return and rebuild Jerusalem. Now, according to what the angel Gabriel said to Daniel, March 14, 445 B.C., began the countdown on the 490 years. Now, how do we know he issued the decree on March the 14th in 445 B.C.? Now, I'm going to quote from confirming the prophetic date of 445 B.C. by Chuck Missler. And this is, uh, comes from his book, The Creator Beyond Time and Space. Artaxerxes Longimanus ascended to the throne of Medo-Persian Empire in July 465 B.C. And this was taken from the Encyclopedia Britannica 1990 edition. Now, the 20th year of his reign would have began in July of 446 B.C. The decree occurred approximately nine months later in the month of Nisan. That's in the March-April on our calendar time frame. Now, by Hebrew tradition, when the day of the month is not specifically stated, as in Artaxerxes' decree, 
it is given to be the first day of that month. So consequently, the very day of Artaxerxes decree was the first day of the Hebrew month Nisan in 445 B.C. Now, the first day of Nisan in 445 B.C. corresponds to the 14th day of March. Now, these dates were confirmed through astronomical calculations at the British Royal Observatory and reported by Sir Robert Anderson. Um, and that's in uh, Robert Anderson, The Coming Prince uh, by Kriegel, and it was reprinted in 1984. Now, Sir Henry Rawlingson also confirmed this date through ancient records found at the palace of Sushan in Persia, which is modern-day Iran, or Iran, Iran, all the different pronunciations. And I might be, I might be really hurting some of these names, pronunciations, but you got to bear with me through this. But according to a 2015 Jerusalem Post article by Stephen Gabriel Rosenberg, the palace was first discovered in 1851 by the British geologist William Loftus, but it was the French who secured the excavation rights uh, from the government of the Shah of Iran, and uh, be, they dug through the mound. The Acropolis and the palace area uh, from 1884 until the Iranian Revolution into 1979. Now, it was during this time Sir Henry Rawlinson discovered tablets confirming the King Artaxerxes Longimanus decree. So there's very strong documented evidence that King Artaxerxes issued the decree to Nehemiah for the rebuilding of Jerusalem uh, on March 14, 445 B.C. So now let's look at the prophecy that Gabriel said. He said, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The streets shall be built again and the wall even in troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. So the prophecy states that after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. Now, this is talking about the crucifixion of Jesus, uh, the Messiah, who died not for himself, but for our sins and transgressions. Now, in Hebrew, the word used for be cut off is karath. And that's K-A-R-A-T-H. Now, karath means to cut off or to cut down. Karath also means to cut a covenant. Now, how interesting is that? See, Jesus came not only to die, to be cut off, but also to bring us the new covenant. So what about the time frames? Do the years add up as prophesied by Gabriel? We have 70 weeks of years, which equals 49 years, and we have 62 weeks of years, which equals 434 years, for a total of 483 years. Now, the Jewish calendar is a lunar calendar. It has 360 days per year, unlike our Gregorian calendar, which is a solar calendar and has 365 days per year. So when this prophecy occurred, the Jews were in captivity. They had been taken into captivity by the Babylonians, who also used a... 360-day-per-year lunar calendar. Now, 483 years equals 173,880 days. 
Now, if we add 173,880 days to March the 14th of 445 B.C., the day that King Artaxerxes Longimanus set the decree for Nehemiah to restore and build Jerusalem, it brings us to April 6th of 32 A.D. Now, April 6th of 32 A.D. happened to be a Palm Sunday. Jesus, the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, rode a donkey into the city of Jerusalem, also fulfilling the prophecy of Zechariah 9.9, which reads in the English Standard Version, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion! Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem! Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. To the day, the prophecy of the seven weeks and 62 weeks in the book of Daniel is correct. It's been confirmed through astronomical calculations at the British Royal Observatory and by archaeological finds. Now, if that don't make the hair on the back of your neck stand up, I don't know what will. And if you don't have any hair to stand up, well, you should at least have some goosebumps. God's Word is truth. It is real. It is alive today but only for those who have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. You see, out of the 490 prophesied years in the book of Daniel, seven years still remain that have not been fulfilled. So looking back at Daniel 9, 26 through 27 again, And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, and the end of the war of desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. But in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. These two verses take us through the crucifixion of Jesus at the end of the 62 weeks and the final seven years of tribulation. So how do we know when those seven years of tribulation begin? What does this have to do with the rapture of the church? And when does the word say that will happen? Now, unfortunately, that's all for this episode. So I want you to join me in episode 29. And we're going to continue to talk about the end time prophecies. I want to thank you for listening and uh, watching. I want to I want to thank you for being with me today. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year. Recording.